0: From the Blazy Electric Studios. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The MIT. WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw, Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. Oh, wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay Region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school.
1: House call for Isom
0: to college Connor stallions
1: like bro get a life
0: to the pros There's way. anything
1: about Clayton too no
0: and that's why I like it we cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want this is uncharted territory and now here they are it's, it's the, the pay-off. payoff
1: welcome in to the payoff Ben Bosher here. Ready to get you through the next hour. Jam-packed show today. Ben Clevenger, thanks for producing for us. We've got a lot to get to today here on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. First of all, Lions have a big one on Sunday. We're going to cover that a lot tomorrow. So if you're hungry for some Lions content, just wait until tomorrow. We'll get you covered. It's going to be a very Lions-heavy show. Today, we've got a good amount to get to. Tigers, they make a splash signing Not really a player, but very exciting stuff over in uh, Detroit in regards to the Tigers. Good offseason move. We'll get that later in the show. But of course, where else would we start than Michigan football in the Big Ten? I was talking to Ben before we went live, and it just blows my mind how dumb Tony Petiti has been for the last month. He has handled this horribly. Tony Petiti being the commissioner of the Big Ten. Let's just go through the timeline. First of all, it was, we're not going to suspend Jim Harbaugh. We're going to let the NCAA do their thing. Well, then they had their little coaches meeting, asked Jim Harbaugh to step out of the room, and all the coaches went berserk on Petiti trying to get Jim Harbaugh suspended this year. Well, Petiti cowered. He cowered under those coaches from their pressure. He got scared. And he said, you know what? You guys are right. You want me to lay down the hammer? Fine. I'm going to flex my muscles a little bit and get ready to suspend Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to lay the hammer down on this team. And then he had to beg, literally beg for the NCAA's help in order to suspend Jim Harbaugh to please all the Big Ten coaches. They didn't do their own investigation, the Big Ten. All they did was rely on the NCAA to update them. Not present them what they found, update them how their investigation's going. Then decided to try and use that information to punish Jim Harbaugh. You needed the NCAA because you couldn't do it on your own because you didn't want to do your own investigation. Then it's all weekend long last weekend. This past weekend, I should say. On Monday, we're going to come get you, Jim Harbaugh. Monday rolls around. And what happens? Absolutely nothing. Well, then we find out, okay, they informed Michigan that they could potentially face discipline this season. And they gave Michigan until Wednesday to respond. How nice of you, Petiti. So... Michigan responds, hands back this 10-page essay basically saying, yeah, you do this, we're coming at you legally. We're not letting you suspend Harbaugh this year. And then all of a sudden it was, all right, well, if we're the Big Ten, we're coming at you Thursday. Thursday's the day. We're loading our ammunition up, and we're finally going to take a shot. It's 6 4 and what has happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing has happened. They even announced they're going to make a move on Thursday. And guess what? No moves have been made. Then we get a tweet today, an update from Mr. Adam. He basically says, Adam Rittenberg on ESPN, well, now the Big Ten's exploring other options, like perhaps a massive fine for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. That's a joke. And this is someone, I've been very upfront about this from the beginning. Yeah, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a root for this team on Saturday. But backing down to everyone who has come to you has made you look like an absolute joke, Tony Petiti. Think about what you look like from the outside right now. You look soft. You look like a coward. And you look like a pushover, unfit to be the commissioner of this conference. You should have never threatened to lay the hammer down if you were never going to do it. You should have never listened to all these Big Ten coaches and let them scream at you if you were never going to do anything. You should have said from the very beginning when all these coaches were breathing down your throat, telling you you need to suspend Jim Harbaugh, you should have been honest with them. Looked them right in the eye. And said, you know what? We're going to let the NCAA handle this. This isn't our business. We trust the NCAA to finish their process. Let due process play out. Tough luck, coaches. But instead, you just had to be a people pleaser. You had to try to make the majority of everyone happy. Everyone's gunning that. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. And you said, you know what? I'll take action because that's what you guys want. Little did we know at that time, Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue all working together to take down Michigan, all sharing Michigan signs, helping Purdue out in the Big Ten Championship. You want to take action on any of those teams, Tony? Huh. Nope. Sounds like you don't want to take action on anyone. So maybe instead of doing everything the coaches have been yelling at you to do, stand up for yourself a little bit and make a decision of your own. Why did the Big Ten jump in? Because they were pressured by the fans and they were pressured by the coaches. Not because Tony Petiti thought this was right. He just listened to what everyone was telling him. Instead of sit there, be the commissioner, and do what was right from the very beginning. He lied to everyone. He said he was going to take action. That's yet to take place. Your life's not getting any easier from here, Tony. It's just not. Michigan now thinks they have a grasp on you by the balls. They think they can get away with anything. And all the other teams in the conference, they're just pissed at you. They think you're a moron. Because they all yelled at you, and it worked. Then Michigan stood up for themselves and said, you try to come at us, we're coming at you legally. And what did you do? You backed down. So far, all you have done, Tony, is back down from everyone. And now Michigan has their biggest game of the year so far on Saturday, and guess who's going to be on the sideline? Jim Harbaugh. Go ahead and give him a fine. What do they care? They're trying to win a national championship. They could give a damn about the fine. Jim Harbaugh could care less. So you can pretend like you're going to do anything all you want, but at this point, it's just not happening. If you haven't done it now, it's not happening. And if you're going to play the card where, well, next week we're coming down. First of all, I just don't believe you at this point. And second of all, that would, that, that would just be taking your frustrations out of Michigan, waiting this long and then giving the sportsmanship suspension that allows you to suspend any commissioner can, sus- the big 10 commissioner can suspend any team for two games. If you wait until next week to do it, you purposely did that. So Jim Harbaugh wouldn't be there against Ohio state. And that's just wrong. For everyone, not even from a Big Ten standpoint, from a viewership standpoint, across the country. That game is going to be better if Jim Harbaugh's on the sideline. It's going to be more fun if Jim Harbaugh's on the sideline. Admit it. That is the best outcome for everyone else involved. And I said yesterday, the SEC is probably hysterically laughing. The Big 12 is probably hysterically laughing. The ACC is about to cease to exist in the next two years, and they're probably laughing at how this has been handled. It is a joke how Tony Petiti has gone about things, and I have no confidence in him going forward as the Big Ten commissioner because he's been a pushover across the board. Do you trust this guy to run the conference? I get it. It worked out for Michigan. That's not what I'm saying. You can be a Michigan fan and think this is ridiculous how it's all panned out, You can be a fan of any other team, and I'm sure you think it's ridiculous Michigan hasn't gotten in trouble. But my problem with Tony Petiti so far is that he has said whatever people have wanted him to say, and then has failed to follow up on actual discipline, failed to follow up on what he said was going to happen. So I ask the people, 989-837-6125, do you agree the way that this has been handled in the Big Ten? Not the NCAA. That is a different circumstance. The NCAA has honestly been kind of okay handling this situation. They've had hands off. In no way, shape, or form have they said they're coming after Jim Harbaugh this year. They're letting this thing play out because they learned from their cheeseburger mistake that they actually have to know exactly what they're punishing Jim Harbaugh and Michigan for. Because Michigan's coming at you with the best lawyers in the country. Just because you're the NCAA, just because you're the Big Ten, doesn't make you the most powerful entity in college football. You're not the NFL. You're not made of money. These schools are. They're the ones that generate all the money for the Big Ten and the NCAA. Do you have any confidence in the way that Tony Petiti has handled things? And do you have any confidence in him going forward? 989-837-6125. We'll hit the text line and continue the Michigan conversation. Let's switch gears into the actual game against Penn State next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy.
0: Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9. The mitt.
1: I think it's completely Ridiculous the way Tony Petiti has handled this Michigan investigation. Whether you're a Michigan fan, a Michigan State fan, Ohio State fan, I think everyone can kind of agree Petiti's been a complete pushover. He's lied to us. He's trying to just be a people pleaser. Ben Clevenger told me during the break, he sounds like a presidential candidate. He's just going to tell you what you want to hear to your face and things will change. He's not going to be honest with you. His only goal is to make you happy in that moment in time. Try to get your vote. That's coming back to bite him right now. It's ridiculous the way he's handled this. He told the coaches, you know what, I'm going to take charge. You know what, you guys are right. I'm going to go get Jim Harbaugh. Then you tried to go get Jim Harbaugh. Michigan said, we're going to lawyer up. And Tony Petiti said, "Uh, eh, I'm good. I'm going to sit back down in my chair and let the NCAA do things. I don't know what to believe with this guy anymore. This story has a new twist every single day. He's indecisive on what he wants to do. Him being Tony Petiti. Him being the Big Ten commissioner. He's been here for less than a year. And no matter how this plays out, he is not going to be a very liked commissioner amongst the Big Ten. Amongst the schools. Amongst the coaches. All of it. No one's lining up to thank Tony Petiti for his great work regarding this case. No one's lining up to give him a Nobel Peace Prize anytime soon. The only thing people have to say about Tony Petiti right now are not very nice things. I don't trust this guy going forward. I don't think this has been handled very well at all. And sure, let's just be honest with ourselves, his back's been against the wall. No one could have handled this correctly. Correctly. No one could have handled this and satisfied everyone. But what he has done is made everyone upset. Except the one team, well, maybe not the one team, but the one team this all stems from, Michigan. They're laughing. They're doing the evil laugh right now. Jim Harbaugh probably can't believe he's about to get away with this. I think we can all agree Jim Harbaugh has something to do with all the sign stealing. Even if he doesn't. There's a suspension probably coming by the NCAA next year because you are responsible for what happens beneath you in your program as the head coach, stated right in the NCAA bylaws. But the NCAA is not rushing to suspend him. The Big Ten is because all the coaches were salty because they kept losing. And they forced Petiti to do something. Actually, no, I take that back. They didn't force Petiti to do something. They pressured him and he folded. Like a lawn chair. He's a pushover. And I don't have any confidence in him going forward. Let's hit the text line. Myron says, no, it's completely idiotic to even think this should be, uh, this should be punished. The commish to barking with no bite. Yeah, that, that's a, I- exactly what that is. He hit it right on the nail head. He certainly was barking. And then when push came to shove, he had no ammo in the gun. He didn't take the shot. And if you wait until next week to do it, that's a deliberate attack on the Michigan football program because you're allowed to suspend your coaches as the Big Ten commissioner for two games because of the sportsmanship policy rule. I don't think any Michigan fans would have been that upset if he was out this week, next week, and back for Ohio State. But if you wait until next week to do it, well, then you've just literally pissed off the entire conference. And let's just be honest, it's probably not going to work anyway. Tony Petiti probably backed off because he understood. I take a shot. Yeah, I'm probably losing the uh, U.S. court battle that's going to suggest the Big Ten backs off and lets due process play out. Exactly like the NCAA says it should. It's just been a giant loophole. The NCAA is not allowed to suspend him. So the Big Ten saying, you know what? We're going to use all the evidence that the NCAA has collected because they're going to help us out and then we're going to suspend him. How how does that make any sense? You have to let the process play out, but just because you're a different entity, now we can suspend him with the same information the NCAA's getting at? It's ridiculous. And I have no confidence in how this has been handled. And like I said, I'm the team, I'm the guy that's rooting for Michigan on Saturday. That's my team in the Big Ten. They get out of this squeaky clean. And I'm still upset because I'm. I'm just being honest with you. This has not been handled correctly. Tony Petiti should have said from the very beginning to these coaches, I'm not taking part in this. This is on the NCAA. I trust them to do their job. If it means double, triple, quadruple the punishment for next year, so be it. But it's just not happening this year. So back off. Let this thing play out. It starts on Saturday against Penn State, and this is for the first time in a long time Michigan has a real test, and there's certainly no Connor Stallions on the sideline. My question is, for all the people, if Michigan beats Penn State, can we just put a pin in the sign-stealing saga for the rest of the season? Or are there going to be morons like Feinbauer and Stephen A, who can... Continue to go on TV and say Michigan should be punished. Is it going to piss everyone off even more if Michigan goes and beats Penn State? Because in my mind, you go beat Penn State, obviously you're not sign-stealing in these games. You can't be. Everyone is basically coded up their signs to the 10th degree. You see all these Big Ten teams with four different guys wearing four different colors, putting up four different signs at the same time. Good luck decoding that. No one is sign-stealing right now, at least in the Big Ten. And if Michigan goes down to Happy Valley, to Penn State, and blows them out of the water, can't we just put the sign-stealing saga to rest for the season? Because doesn't that clearly indicate they don't need it? These players are fueled by the fire. All they're being told is, you guys only won because you were sign-stealing. They're ready to go to war. They're ready to do anything to keep their coach on the field to prove everyone wrong. I say all the Big Ten teams are pissed. You know who's probably the most pissed out of everyone? The Michigan players. They probably can't stand how much people are talking about them. Seeing Stephen A on ESPN every day saying Michigan shouldn't be allowed to compete in the college football playoffs. Why? Why? If they beat the brakes off Penn State without sign stealing... Tell me one good reason they can't be in the college football playoffs, Stephen A. Tell me. But it's just going to make some people, some people will not be able to look past this. And if they beat a Penn State, it'll just make him even more angry. Even though, if you use your brain a little bit, that tells you they're good without it. Sure, they might have had a competitive advantage the last two seasons. I'm not arguing that. But they're damn, they're, they are talented without with or without the sign stealing. They would have had success. Maybe not to the extent that they had, but they certainly would have had success either way. Go ahead and take the trophies away. I don't care at this point. Put an asterisk on whatever you want. I don't care at this point. If they go beat Penn State, it's over. Go ahead. And then it's going to be a real bloodbath in Ann Arbor, what, what's, what's the date on the Mich- the Ohio state game, the 24th, November 24th, a couple days after Thanksgiving, it's going to be a bloodbath and I can't wait other storylines going into this Penn state Michigan game. There's some fun stuff here. Take away the sign stealing stuff. Actually, we got to incorporate it a little bit because you know, that's just what we do here, but Penn state's last 11 win season was 2008. It's been a long time. Feels like a lot of these times Penn State, you know, has a real successful season. They always still end up losing two games. And that's why they haven't been in the college football playoffs yet. 2008, the last time they had 11 wins. And I'm not taking anything away from their 10-win seasons. Those were great. But it's been a long time since you've truly had a dominant year. A playoff for the year. James Franklin took over in 2014. He has four 10-2 seasons. hasn't gotten over the hump to make the playoffs. Why? Because he's four and 15 versus Michigan and Ohio state. He's 12 and 24 versus top 25 teams. And he's three and 16 versus top 10 teams of those three wins. Two of those came in 2016. The only year that they were the big 10 East champions and the big 10 champs time's ticking. Are you sick and tired of sitting in third place in the big 10 East? Cause I would be. And now you've got Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA coming to the big 10. I'm not going to speculate and say which one of those teams is better than Penn state right now, or which one of them will be better than Penn state next year. But you just got a, a lot more competition. Penn state. You were the secondary team behind Ohio state and Penn and Michigan now you're a secondary team amongst a bunch of other schools. You were the stand-alone third-place team for the last decade. Now you've got some competition. So if you really want to put together a successful year, you got to win on this, this Saturday. How about this? Drew Aller has only thrown one interception this entire season. He's coming off his best game of the year last week versus this Maryland defense. 25 for 34. 240 yards, four touchdown, ties a season high, zero interceptions, of course, and a season high 96 QBR. He hasn't thrown a pick. He doesn't make mistakes. They set him up to succeed. Michigan forces a lot of picks. They have 12. That's the most in the Big Ten. Can you rattle Drew Aller? And if you do, how is he going to respond? Key number two for Michigan. And I think this might be the biggest storyline going in yet. J.J. McCarthy on third down has been nothing short of a god, a demon. He's faced 30 third downs this year and is completing 75% of his passes. On 30 third downs this year, he has four touchdowns and a ridiculous out of this world 209 passer rating. Guys, a a, a score of 100 is a good passer rating. 209 is something I've never seen before in my entire life. Now, a lot of people like to speculate. JJ's only had success on these third downs because they knew what play was coming. I guess we'll find out because we all know Penn State's defense is legit. Maybe not the best in all of the Big Ten. Maybe not the best in college football, but they held Penn, uh, Ohio State to 20 points. This, this is a good team. But are they a great team? Can they slow Michigan down on third down? That's going to be enormous key going into this one. So, the three storylines. Penn State hasn't really had a truly successful year since 2008. And I'm not taking away all these these four different 10 and two seasons James Franklin's had. But I mean, to compare that to the NFL, that'd be like making the playoffs every single year and failing to win a game. At some point, you got to get over the hump. That was the case for Jim Harbaugh for so long. And he was on the verge of getting fired forever. James Franklin, you got to come through, man. It can't be another season. You go 10 and two and lose to a Michigan and Ohio State. You've got a 4-15 and record against them. you got to be able to pull out some wins and pull out some upsets like you did in 2016. Stop living in the past. Drew Aller only thrown one interception this year. Michigan leads the Big Ten in picks with 12. And of course, J.J. McCarthy on third down with no sign stealing. Is this legit? Now these are out-of-this-world numbers. 209 passer ratings, probably not going to happen against a good Penn State defense. But can you still come up clutch on third down time and time again against a really good team on the road, on the road, how Michigan avoided a night game here? I don't know how Michigan avoided a night game under the lights with a whiteout. I could not tell you, but they lucked out on that one. Noon kickoff, big noon kickoff. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a real fun game. And I think it's probably going to get dirty. You saw it last week versus Purdue. Purdue RKO'd someone on Michigan. Literally RKO'd them. This is going to get chippy. This is going to get dirty. Everyone's coming for Michigan. They're giving them their best shot. And they're playing with the chip on their shoulder. Michigan should say, bring it on. These players also are playing with the chip on their shoulder because everyone's telling them they're not good enough to win without Connor Stallions on the sideline. They could give a damn about Connor Stallions. Let's move on. Tigers, Pistons, next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy.
0: More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff.
1: All right, let's move on from the Michigan stuff in just a second. I want to hit the text line first because people are texting in. Jay from Gladwin says, wouldn't it be awesome if Harbaugh leaked this whole thing himself just to make the rest of the teams on their schedule panic?" And change all their plays. (laughs) I've never heard that theory before, but that's kind of awesome. Harbaugh actually knowingly, knowing he's all in on this sign-stealing thing, leaks all this information, throws Connor Stallions literally under a bus just to panic everyone, knowing Michigan will lawyer up and not face punishment this season. That would be hilarious. We're still, I think when this inevitable like 10 part Netflix documentary comes out on this whole scandal, the untold we're only like a third of the way through it. We are nowhere near the end of this saga. This story is still being written every single day and probably won't be all the way done until the conclusion of next season to see how they respond to the suspension. Jim Harbaugh is probably going to get to start 2024. Uh, Another text from John, John says, I agree with you about Petiti. Definitely reminds me about a politician flip-flopping his way through what he's going to do, which makes me sick. Bigger question, will Penn State finally be able to beat one of the bigger dogs in the Big Ten? I'm guessing not, and that's not because of the sign stealing. I'm predicting Michigan by 25. I mean, they did kind of blow them out of the water last year, 41-17, to and that was a top-10 matchup. That was three versus seven, I believe. It's going to get fun. This is going to be a fun game. I, I can't wait for Saturday. Maybe the best game in the big 10 so far this year. I get Ohio State in Penn State was a big one. Didn't really live up to the hype and didn't have the buildup to this game the way that it has with all these allegations that's occurred this week. It's the biggest story in the country. One more text. What's up, guys? Zach here. Love the Jason Benetti hiring. Hopefully he can bring the best of our C minus of oh bring bring the best out of CMO and would love to hear him work with Patrie and Todd Jones. Well, that's what we're going to dive into right here. Lucky you, Zach. Tigers make a big hire. They get one of the best baseball voices in really all the entire sport, and it shows the Tigers are a little bit more serious bringing in Jason Benetti. Because it's not Bali Sports that hired him. It's the Tigers. They went after the top dog. And I honestly can't believe they even got him. This guy grew up in Chicago and then got handed that White Sox play-by-play job eight years ago. He's been there for eight years. He grew up 30 minutes from guaranteed right field. Why he left his home city, his home team, the team he grew up rooting for, for the Tigers? Jason Benetti made it very clear. This team is going in the right direction. They want someone in the booth who wants to win. They want someone in the booth who's moving forward, has a baseball way of thinking. And they went after the, one of the best guys on the entire market. He calls MLB games on Fox on Sunday night. Or on Sunday. Calls college football games. This guy's done the Olympics. March Madness, he's done it all. A Syracuse grad. It's where all the best guys come from these days. Here's his quote. I'm incredibly proud to join this historic and ascending Tigers franchise. From every single person I talked to throughout the interview process, it was clear why so many respected professionals and creative people have joined the organization in the last several years. That there's something special about it, and I'm excited to bring the energy to Tigers fans around the globe. Me too. Because the last five years have been awful. It's been the worst rated crew every single year. It's not been fun. The Tigers stunk. The broadcast stunk. And it made for really boring games. 162 of them a year, it got old. Because it was stale. There was no excitement. There was no energy. And now the Tigers are going to have that. In a season where you have an opportunity to go win your division, go take it. It's open. It's up for grabs. This offseason is going to be key to that success. And I'm not saying Jason Benetti is going to be a key to that success, but it's damn sure going to feel different if the Tigers are winning and Jason Benetti is on the call rather than Matt Shepard. Because it's been a tough five years. One of the worst rated crews. Bali sports moves on from him. Tigers decide, you know what? We're going to actually handpick our guy. And they had to have given him a bag. A fat contract to take him away from his home team. Call, he grew up 30 minutes from the, White, uh, from the White Sox Stadium. You know how much money the Tigers probably paid this guy? An incredible amount. Moving forward. It's a different era of Tigers. You know, it's not a different era of the Pistons still have George Blaha on the calls who makes like three mistakes a game like regarding players, names, foul call. I was watching a game a couple of days ago and just so clearly a charge from the very beginning. We get to count that baby in a foul. It takes like 30 seconds for anyone to realize that that's not in fact what happened, but I'm not here to bash George Blaha. He's a legend. He is a legend. He's been here forever. The voice of the Pistons. But in the same way it's probably time at some point in the very near future to move on from Blaha, it's, it's just the same old Pistons. Yesterday was brutal, guys. Oh, just so brutal. Giannis gets ejected. The Pistons immediately go on this fiery run. They get themselves right back into this thing and take the lead, have it down the stretch of the fourth quarter. Marcus Sasser's for real. Marcus Sasser has been phenomenal the last four games. In the last four games, he's averaging 18 points, shooting 50% from three. On the season, yet you have 10 turnovers in the fourth quarter. You average 17 turnovers a game, 29th in the league. Your opponents are only turning the ball over 12 times. Again, 29th in the lead in the league you've blown four fourth quarter leads this year already just nine games in you've had the lead in four different fourth quarters and you've blown it it feels like I'm watching the same thing over and over again not just this season but the past five, 10, 15, One time in the last 15 years they've gone above 500 I'm sick of this I'm so over it already and we're only nine games in it's just not fun. Uncompetitive basketball. Every It's like you're watching a record on repeat. Over and over and over again. It's the same game. They get hot, but in the fourth quarter, they just they can't survive. One field goal in the last five minutes. You can't beat a Giannis-less Bucks. But they still have Dame. Dame was awful in the fourth quarter. And guess what? If you don't have... 10 turnovers in the fourth quarter, you probably win. If you don't have one field goal in the last five minutes, you probably win. You know what the great thing is? You're shooting 83% from the line. That's fourth in the league. So you'd think you'd be able to hold leads in the fourth quarter. 83% from the line is a pretty good number. But it doesn't help when you only shoot 19 free throws a game. There's players in the league that get 19 free throws. One player, let alone a team, 19 free throws a game is 27th. I'm so sick of looking at Piston stats and seeing them in the bottom five of everything every season. Get someone in the building to run this team that actually wants to win rather than let the process play out. I'm done waiting. Forgive me. I'm impatient because it's been 15 years of nonsense. 24 fouls a game. Give me a break. Give me a break. That's why Jaden Ivey's not playing, who's quote-unquote sick right now. If you're sick, rest up, man. Get better. Clear that mental state of yours because Brian Hit Windhorse is reporting that you're unhappy coming off the bench. You're upsetty spaghetti. Maybe stop turning the ball over. Maybe stop fouling. Maybe stop contributing to the worst turnover margin in the league. Maybe stop contributing to the most fouls on a nightly basis in the league. And maybe you'll get on the floor more. Cade Cunningham. Isaiah, I'm going to name you all the players that have scored more points than Jaden Ivey this year. Cade Cunningham. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, because he's a scorer. Asar Thompson, who's shooting 16% from three. Marcus Sasser. Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley. And ready? Here's the cherry on top. Killian Hayes. All those players have scored more than Ivy this year. Granted, Ivy has missed time. They haven't missed him. They're not better. They're not worse without him. This team's a joke. And I'm sick and tired of my basketball team being a joke. Get Troy Weaver out of here. Picked in the top five of the lottery every single season since he's been here. I'm done. I just want someone who wants to win basketball games like I am. Sue me. It's that time of the week. You guys know what day it is. It's Thursday. I may be rocking solo, but I still got you guys. NFL Week 10 Spread Picks. Coming up next on The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff
0: continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt.
1: I feel like I've been angry so far on this show. I don't mean to come across that way. And, and now it's the best time of the week. Everyone's favorite part of the payoff. Thursday, final segment, NFL picks. Week 10. How, will we, how are we already at week 10? It feels like just yesterday I was re- reading practice uh, training camp reports. Reading about which guys the Lions are or aren't going to cut. Which guys are barely going to make the practice squad. That feels like yesterday, and now all of a sudden we're at week 10 past the bye? This is, this is insane. Uh, you got to embrace it every single week, and it starts tonight, Thursday night football that you can listen to right here on 100.9 The Mitt, starting at 820. I will say, though, you're kind of a psychopath if you bet on this game. Panthers at Bears. Bears minus three. No Justin Fields once again. Tyson Bajant getting the starting job. If Tyson Bajan outperforms Bryce Young here, is it officially red flag time for Panthers fans who traded up? I repeat, traded up to get Bryce Young and now don't have their first round pick this year? It might be. I don't want to overreact, but it might be panic time if Tyson Bajan outperforms him. And I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> I'm really not. You're a psychopath if you bet on this game, though. 1 o'clock, Sunday. Colts, minus one and a half at the Patriots. Again, I am out. Oh, and just by the way, it's been a rough couple weeks. We haven't gone above 500 in the last two weeks. On the season, we're 12-16-2, but I can feel it. This is going to be a good one. I spent extra time diving into this. And usually when I do that, I still lose. Um, anyway, Browns at Ravens. Again, another stay away. Betting on division games, especially out there in the AFC North, it can get tough. Uh, the Ravens are home six and a half. Feels like a lot, but the quarterback play out of the Browns has been atrocious lately. It looks like Deshaun Watson's coming back. I don't know if that even matters. He might be terrible at football. I guess I'll pick the Ravens. That's this. That's not one of my official picks, but I guess if I had to choose a team, I'd go with the Ravens. They're on fire right now. Maybe the best team in the NFL. Packers at Steelers for a while, a long time. I thought I was going to pick the Steelers into this one. I don't know. I don't know. This this might be a spot for Jordan Love to come in and surprise a lot of people in Pittsburgh. Not a lot of people can do that. Minus three seems too low. Kind of feels like a trap line. So I'm out. Here's a good one. 49ers minus three at Jacksonville. I'm going to take the 49ers here. Trent Williams might not be playing again for the third straight week, but I don't care. The Jags have the third least amount of sacks this year anyway. So Brock Purdy should be able to sit in the pocket and pick them apart. PFF has the Jags as the 29th best pass rush, pass rush grade. The Jags are only two and two at home this season. They don't have this big home field advantage in Jacksonville. I'm not sure there's actually anybody native to that city. And let's just not overthink this one real simple. What's more likely the Jaguars go on a six game winning streak or the 49ers go on a four game losing streak. It doesn't sound right for the Niners to lose four straight games. It doesn't sound right for Jacksonville to win six straight. It's already the longest win streak in the NFL. Those don't last long. Let's go with the Niners to cover minus three on the road. That's our first pick. Second pick right here. Saints are minus three going to Minnesota. They're favorites. Josh Dobbs, home dog. I'm all over Minnesota on this one. Derek Carr's only source of offense right now is Alvin Kamara. He can't throw the ball. He's washed. He relies a lot on Alvin Kamara. And let's bring in fantasy football for a minute. Minnesota's a top 10 team against running backs in fantasy football this season. They've got an outside shot. Justin Jefferson's back. I think they're going to be able to shut down Kamara. And if you shut down Kamara, you shut down the Saints. I'll take the Vikings plus three and a half at home. Josh Jobs, the rocket scientist, take us home. Also, I like Alvin Kamara's under in rushing plus receiving yards. The lines aren't out yet for player props, but I just don't like Alvin Kamara to have a good day here. Texans at Bengals. Bengals, six and a half point favorites at home. It's a lot of points going against CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud like legitimately could be in MVP conversations. They're only four and four. He has thrown one interception this year. He is. This is the best rookie quarterback. I think I've ever seen. I know there was the RG three year. I know there was Justin Herbert even had a fantastic year a few years ago. And a lot of people aren't watching the Texans because they've been atrocious for the last three, four years. CJ Stroud is legit guys. This is going to be a fun game. Turn them on. I'm not betting on this one, at least not making a pick here, but this is going to be a fun game. Titans at Bucks. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with Will Levis. I don't want anything to do with Baker Mayfield. I actually put Baker Mayfield on my no bet list. My personal no bet list. Any game involving Baker Mayfield, I will not be participating on unless I'm betting against him in the playoffs. All right. I'm going to save the Lions game for the end. Falcons minus one and a half at Cardinals. Cardinals. Again, I'm out. Kyler Murray's back. Eh. If anything, I'd take the Cardinals, but, or the Falcons, uh, but I don't want to put money on Taylor Heineke too. This team is still awful. Don't get tempted by the Cardinals being underdogs at home here because this team with or without Kyler Murray is just has no talent around them. Giants at Cowboys. Oh, I wish John was here to talk about this one. The Giants are mine. Excuse me. They are 17 and a half point dogs. Highest of the season. I thought this was like historic. It's it's not. There's been up to 24 point spreads. But I went through and added up all the games where there's been a 16 and a half point spread or higher. Again, this is 17 and a half. But every time there's been a 16 and a half point spread or higher in the NFL, the favorite is 19 32 and 1. These big spreads belong to the underdogs. I don't care that they lost. 40 to zero week one on Sunday night football. I don't care that Tommy DeVito's the starting quarterback. 95% of the money is on the Cowboys spread. I'll lay with the Giants right here. Bring me home. Tommy DeVito. Giants plus 17 and a half. Commanders at Seahawks. Temptingly low to take the Seahawks. Suspicious line there. I am out. Sunday night football. Jets. Minus one. Road favorites against the Raiders Zach Wilson being a road favorite listen this Raiders team is playing with a completely new energy right now. I, it feels like the Raiders genuinely hated their lives playing for Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce comes in and all of a sudden this looks like a competitive football team. they're ready to go. They enjoy football again some of these quotes just getting getting Josh McDaniel out of the building seems to have revived this football team. No stats on this one. Just the fact that Zach Wilson's a road dog. I'm out. Never betting on Zach Wilson again. Uh, And then Broncos at bills bills minus seven and a half seven minus seven odds courtesy of FanDuel. I'm out on this one uh, for the Monday night game. Let's circle back to the lions. All right. Let's be very clear about something. And like I said, at the top of the show, we're going to dive way deeper into this game tomorrow. But just a few general thoughts. This is kind of feels like a trap game for the Lions here. I have picked the Lions every single week we've done this. I've picked them to cover the spread, and it's been relatively successful. But the Lions opened up as dogs here, and now they're all the way up to three-point favorites. That's a massive swing. Open as one-and-a-half-point dogs. Massive swing. 95% of the money is on the Lions spread. That is a ridiculously high number. The Chargers have the quarterback advantage. The Chargers have the better edge rushers. The Chargers are the fifth best, best team at stopping the run, kind of vital to beating the Lions. And they have the sixth most sacks, kind of vital to beating the Lions. Getting after Jared Goff, stopping the run, those are two things the Chargers do well. Everyone in Detroit is healthy, I will say that. The Lions can still win this game, but I'm going to have to pick the Chargers at home to cover plus three and a half. Here's my other thing. If you're going to bet on this game, I wouldn't even recommend this spread. I'm taking the Chargers plus three, but I would take the first half over. The Chargers are fourth in point differential in the first half, 26 in the second half of games. They come out of the gate hot. They start the game ice or they end the game ice cold. So if you parlay Chargers first half over in points, actually, you don't even need to parlay this. Chargers' first half over in points. They need to score 11. That is it. It's over 10 and a half. If they score 11 points in the first half of the game, you win. Plus 100 odds. Bet $5, win $5. Bet $100, win $100. All they have to do is score 11 points in the first half. And they're the fourth best team in the NFL scoring in the first half. Sounds like free money to me. I may or may not have put money on that already. We'll dive deeper into the Lions' Tomorrow. And finally, you know, we got to work some college football into this. And I thought about taking the Michigan spread at minus four and a half, but something just seemed a little easier. Ohio state minus 31 and a half against Michigan state in the shoe. I don't know how Michigan state scores a point. Someone please Ohio state's defense is amongst the best in the entire country. Michigan state's offense is, is literal garbage. It pains me to watch them. I don't understand how the spread isn't like 40 minus 31 and a half in the shoe. Ohio state might use this game and just get all their frustrations out that they're being alleged of, you know, their brother Ryan day's brother is uh, tied to all this, this scandalous thing. I'm, I'm taking Ohio state here. This feels too easy. And for anyone who has watched Michigan state play this year, it, feels pretty obvious that they're not going to be able to cover this. I mean, I'd be shocked if Michigan state put up 10 points. Would you not? That that feels absolutely ridiculous. I will take Michigan. I will take Ohio state over Michigan state minus 31 and a half. If I had to bet on the Michigan game, I'd probably take Michigan, but you can't call me a Homer because I, I picked the chargers today to beat the lions, not to beat the lions, but to cover plus three against the Lions. All right, guys, it's time to send it out to the Frick Sports Bar for the Northwood Coaches Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope the payoff was worth it.